0: The Wine Talk today, Wednesday, December 22nd, 2010. It's MPM p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Student Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida. As I always do, happy holidays to all of you. This is The Holiday Show. time during the show at 1-646-381-4860, or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts, or tweet me any questions you like at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all you listening worldwide. All that The power of the people meets the power of the Internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, articles, and TV shows I'm currently a part of. Whatever holiday you celebrate this time of year, make it a great one. Eat well, drink well, but most importantly, be safe. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and The Examiner, so you can look for those as well. I've also made a Wine One One video series that can be viewed just about anywhere on the Internet. Uh, you can also look for it on YouTube, my website, and so forth.
1: Hey, this is Lai
0: Stallone. Hey, this is Lai Stallone. You're listening to Stu the Wine Guru on com. When I'm out making action pictures, I'm listening to. Right now, I'm sipping on a nice tusk of Red. No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo, only celebrity impersonators. Yeah, hey, hi, this is uh, John Ratzenberger. When I'm not doing voiceovers for movies or doing commercials, I'm listening to Stu, the Wine Guru. I suggest you do the same. No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo. Only celebrity impersonators. So tonight, my guest is one of the top Napa Valley winemakers. The wines are well-known worldwide for being the best quality and superior taste. His name is Steve Devitt, and the name of the wine company is Dariush. He'll be with us shortly. Of course, the number to call in is one 381 or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, email me your questions for both Steve and I, to info at com, or you can tweet me your questions to at StudentWineGuru on Twitter, and I'll read them live here on the show. As always, I've opened up a chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask questions of Steve or myself, and I'll check into the chat room live periodically during the show to get answers for you. Yeah, hi, this is Tony Banza. You listen to the Wine Guru. He's not bad. i listen to him every once in a while. You know, Drunk a Tuscan Red, try to take down the edge. Pretty good. I like him. Not bad. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Either. Okay, I know I haven't been in a movie in a while. I got it. It's okay. I've embraced it. But when I'm not being either, I'm listening to Stu, the Wine Guru. Scott, you'll get your turn, okay? (laughs) No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo, just celebrity impersonators. So, but first up, I want to thank the listeners who are following me on Twitter. I love social media. Uh, I can talk directly to my listeners and my guests. I'm enjoying the immediacy of the medium. I like the ability to give updates in real time and... My guests are doing the same to promote the show, so thanks to Twitter and social media. Some show notes. My next TV appearance will be airing in late January, early February. I'll be a guest on the Emmy Award-winning PBS show, Check, Please, South Florida. I'll be kicking off its fifth season, so look for that. I've also been asked to be a great guest on the hit CNBC World Show, Wine Portfolio, with host Jody Ness. They're taking on the Miami wine and food scene, and during the taping of my episode, I showed around Miami and took them to the best places for both wine and food. We discussed my radio show and the wine industry. taking was last month, and the show will air in late January, early February. So check your local listings for that. I am completely psyched for you to see these shows. There will be more TV appearances coming up, and I'll let you know via this radio show and Twitter as they happen. Also, I'll be narrating a promotional digital video for multiple Napa Valley wineries. I'll let you know when that is complete. For all of you wanting to know what events I'll be attending, so you can meet up with me like my tweeples do on Twitter, January 27th through the 30th, I will be a media sponsor covering the 2nd Annual Key West Food and Wine Festival. Come down, eat some great food, drink some great wine, be sure to come and see me, and say hi. February 23rd through the 27th, I'll be covering the 10th Annual Food Network South Beach Food and Wine Festival, or Wine and Food Festival, whichever You can't believe it's amazing that this thing has been around 10 years. It's a decade that's flown by, and it's absolutely amazing. I have to tell you, you have to check out this event. All the cool chefs, the who's who of the wine industry there, and including me, so come say hi. March 18th through the 20th, I'll be reporting on the Boca Bacanal event. So there's lots of good stuff happening on the first few months of the year down here in Florida. That is the schedule so far, of course. Keep listening here, and I'll keep you posted. Since I'm a media sponsor for the Key West Food and Wine Festival, I've worked out a great deal for my listeners. You can now purchase tickets and receive a 20% discount. All you have to do is use the code STWG, like Stu the Wine Guru, during the checkout process, and you keep listening here and following me on Twitter for more information. Remember, if you have questions, I have answers. So call me at 1-646-381-4860, or email me your questions at info at or you know, get into the chat room and voice your opinion. Let me make sure that everyone listening knows Steve's website and can go there for more information about his great wines. To learn more about Steve, go to www.dariush.com. That's D-A-R-I-O-U-S-H.com. And find out where you can buy his wines locally in your town or buy them directly from Dariush Winery. That's the beauty of the Internet. You can sip some wine while you buy some wine. So, without further wait, let me bring on my guest for the evening, Steve Devitt of Dariush Winery. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I want to, first of all, want thank you for being on my show and discussing your great wines with us. It's really great to have you here tonight.
1: Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Happy holidays to everybody.
0: And I was going to say to you as well, um, I have many questions. So I just let you know how the show goes. I have uh, questions of my own that I've come up with. I have tweeted questions. I have email questions, and then of course I have people in the chat room that are going to ask. So it's, we're going to bounce around a little bit. But I just want to make sure that you uh, are aware they're going to be fielded fast and furious.
1: <laughs> okay, you're ready. Um, so I got to take deep breath. I I was, I no, nothing this. like that uh, No, nothing
0: like that It's going to be nice and, and, and easy and, and, and relaxing and comfortable I, I just tested with you um, do, I get,
1: do I get massages with all this?
0: Uh, well, you know I, That all depends on who's there Right there with you <laughs> You know, whoever you got uh, On the side ready to go Yes, you do <laughs> So my first question uh, Which is begs the, the question So what got you into
1: wine? Uh, that. Uh, Long and the short answer. The short answer is I. I basically grew up uh, with wine in my family. My dad was a avid home winemaker, and uh, who became a professional winemaker, and I grew grew up into it. And that's right. Okay. So, so you you obviously around it. Uh, yes.
0: Good fortune of it. okay and and you know and, and not unlike other winemakers that I've had on the show from a variety of different places in the world uh that seems to be kind of a um a continual theme uh, in their life so let me I guess what the questions I have here are um who were your early influences in the industry other than maybe your dad?
1: well, I have quite a few um, I would say some of the old Italians that uh i, I used to love to to listen to talk to and and learn a few things from uh one person who who i learned a great deal from was uh, a guy named larry wara who uh is no longer with with us but uh he uh he he really helped guide me along uh and uh there's been several other folks uh, that i've that i've worked with and have known over the years that uh, have uh, all been instrumental in uh, getting to this point. Gotcha. Um,
0: for the few, and I'm going to say very few, because it's got to be at this point in time, who don't know much about Dariush, give my listeners like a brief overview.
1: We started, well, Dariush is an interesting guy. He's, uh came to the United States in the mid-'70s, and uh he became quite successful in the, in the grocery business, but he's always had a passion for Bordeaux and about 15, maybe a little longer years ago, he was actually pursuing a a Bordeaux chateau, but he thought he lived in, in California versus, uh, versus Bordeaux. And, uh, he came up into the Napa Valley and, uh, Became quite in, in, enamored with the Napa Valley and uh, changed his his thinking. Okay. Sometime in the late 90s, he uh, purchased a, this property, and uh, I was uh, at the pre- I was at the property next door for the previous 13 years, and the guy who sold him the property had told him uh, about me and gave him my phone number and lunch, and a dinner, and there you go. Here we are. <laughs> and that's how it does happen in the industry. Uh,
0: so I, I have. Um, I'm going to go through some tweeted questions. So pocket wine. Uh, tweeted, Pardon? Uh, pocket wine is the name of the uh, the screen name or the handle oh, okay. of the. I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm, I've got people tweeting in as we speak. Yeah. Uh, tweeted would we'll be very interested in his views on the potential of Cabernet Cab in cool climate areas of the U.S.
1: Cab Franc in the cool climate areas of the U.S.? Yes. Okay. That's from pocket wine. Okay. What What do I think about it?
0: Yes. We're interested in, in his views on the potential of Cab Franc in cool climate areas Cab, of the U.S. Yeah,
1: sure. Okay. We grow Cabernet Franc and right. uh, have from, from, you know, for, for several years – Ours is a cool area, but uh not below you know region two uh not- not real real cold but uh, right. a very cool cool climate uh We're on volcanic soils and it's really well drained uh it does real well in in our site, and I think that Cabernet Franc is very sensitive to site, uh and Also, well, the plant plant material is very important as well. It's just every Mm -hmm. aspect about growing the variety. Uh, It can be very herbaceous. If you put it in uh, very high, uh, you know, very fertile soils, it can be not not the most friendly variety. Uh, It... it, uh, can, it can tend to be like bell peppers or chilies or, or something like that. In areas sure. that are more like ours, uh, you get much more fruit characteristics with just a hint of herbaceousness. Okay. So I, I, yeah, I, I think it's don't... a. I think it's a great variety in some areas, but it is very site sensitive. Gotcha. Yes. Um, you know, you know the interesting thing about Cap Franc the, and
0: the variety of different winemakers that I talked to. That actually, uh, you know, and there's not—I should say—variety. It's a small variety of of winemakers that actually uh, produce it. As it's a solo, uh, a solo wine, uh, I found that, um, you know, like the Adair, uh just comes to yes. mind. one of the, thats they,
1: one of the great know, ones.
0: I was going to say, and and I find that the ones that do focus on it do extremely well uh, in in the places that they do grow it, and and it tends to be, uh, it's a I guess it's would it be highly finessed wine. Is that a really good way of putting it? It's one that has to be highly finessed.
1: Well, it, it gets to grape growing, and yes, you, just like all all the varieties, though you have to pay attention to the grape growing, and you have to be able to right. control the vigor with that variety and the crop. Uh, it can, you know, as a variety, it can it can set unevenly. Uh, that, that's sometimes an issue, and, and sometimes it can ripen a little unevenly. That can be an issue. Of course, we've talked about herbaceousness, and that can be an issue. So all, all of these things, uh, you know, you have to work with. Uh, right. As, as making the wine, uh, we we which we do, uh, we do it in small lots, and we treat it very much, very similar to, to Merlot. Right, right, right,
0: right, yeah. And then, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, it, it is a, an acquired, uh, not unlike, I, I mean, there are some, some wines I think that are, are given, you know, Cabernet tends to be, of course, the king of the wines of the varietals, and there's far more popularity with it, and it's an easier-going uh, wine in the sense of, you know, getting involved with wine, not unlike uh, Pinot Noir, you know, same thing. Whereas Cab Franc tends to be more of an acquired taste, I think, to the ag- average populace. So therefore, um, you know that's why I'm finding there's a small variety of wine makers that make it, but the ones that do make it, from what I've seen and what I've tasted, do a great job of it. So I mean, you're tasting in this day and age, you're tasting some of the best that's available out there, you know, that's possible. Um, moving on, I've got uh, some tweeted questions from, let's see, Rod Phillips from Victoria, B.C., Canada, tweeted, wow. "Where is the premium? Yeah, where is the premium California wine category going?" Where's growing? the red? No. Yeah, it says, "Where's the premium California wine category going? Is it growing or shaking out?"
1: That's his question. Rod Phillips of Victoria, BC. Well, I think the economy that we've been going through uh, has certainly uh, affected uh, wine production and wine sales. Uh, and you know, it's, there's there's sort of a, a, an effect on everything that 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 encompasses. Right. Um, we also have a global uh, wine wine economy, and there's a lot, there's a fair amount of competition. It's a great time for consumers. Consumers. Yeah, I gain. think so. Uh, just, I agree. Uh, just uh, you know, the, the, never have they had this this. Uh, bounty of fantastic wines at great pricing, you know, and right. that's across the board. There's, you know, the very uh, high-end uh, high, high uh, wines, there are quite a few that are available that were, you know, you, you couldn't touch a few years ago, and now, that now they're for available. Sure. So I, I think it's a great time for consumers.
0: I think it's a win-win situation in that scenario, yeah. yeah. So Enophile81 from Falls Church, Virginia, tweeted, what is your prediction of 2011 sales trends of high-end Napa wines? Will prices still decrease due to the economy? I guess this is kind of um, a follow-up to Rod Phillips of Victoria, B.C.'s question we just asked.
1: Hmm. Uh, I think that you're going to see a a well i don't want to say flat but i i think that there's going to be uh, it's not going to decrease or increase you have it like leveling a, off yeah leveling off cuz you have you have a short 08 vintage that's coming on, on the market uh you have 09s that are just being blended right now and there's going to be uh, a a a great uh amount of of selection in the '09s, and that'll that'll follow sure. through into the into the following year. So I think it's really a leveling off, and then uh, of course you know the economy is going to dictate a lot of this. So if if the economy improves, then I think that the, the that situation is going to uh, the demand is going to increase. But I'm still going to stick with the uh, the that it's a great time for the consumer.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you know, and in all truth. Um, you know, I think it's a. It, it was just a matter of time. You know, the economy obviously can only go one place, as I see it, and that's. Oh, well, it
1: could get worse.
0: Well, <laughs> I, 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 I could. I, I'm just saying, in this scenario, um, the way if, if you just listen to some of the pundits, and of course you can listen to people that tell you it's going to be better, and people that tell you it's going to be worse. I just think the yeah. likelihood, if you look at the at the past history of how the economy is, it's cyclical, and I, so in I, essence.
1: No, I, I agree. I I think I think it's gonna you know just the general economy is improving. But yeah. neither of us are economists.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and and again I don't you know, I don't pretend to be uh an economist here or uh you know, I, I think really just in looking at the way things are, I just look at you know like I said, history and, and I think I feel pretty good in fact that the you know the economy should get better and then in in, in that happening, um I think it works for everybody. Uh, in fandom. In, in, in um so the the other question you, had, you know file eighty one had for you from Falls Church, Virginia was how does he manage to produce such clean, pure VNE versus heavy, high alcohol, clumsy like most California VNAs? That's an interesting question. Magic. <laughs> That's a great answer. I like that Steve. <laughs> yep. Well, let's leave it with that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so Enophile 81, it's magic. That's your answer. It's <laughs> magic. That's all we can say. Uh,
1: um, with a little spice and voodoo thrown in.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I was going to say, did you want to, you know, plantificate anymore, <laughs> or did you want to leave it at magic?
1: Uh, I'll leave it at magic.
0: Okay. So, Grape Juice 1 from Northern California, right in your backyard.
1: Tweet it. Okay.
0: Ask him ask him who designed their tasting room. It's like the W hotel and then they wrote <laughs> fantastic. They wrote fantastic with an
1: exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. Can, that's a question I can add, answer really easily. It was a, a, a collaborative effort between uh uh Artishir Nazari who's the architect and right. Daryush Khaledi who's the owner of the winery. And uh, yes. who has a background in construction.
0: Yeah, it's obvious. I, I I've been looking up to I've been there before,
1: yeah. and and, uh, and
0: I and I thought it's amazing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's just it's un- I'm going to just tell people now. I want to get this out there. Okay, um, I want everybody at this point in time who's listening in. I want you to go to, to www.dariush.com, com and I want you to see the pillars uh, and the columns and how in- impressive they are. And I almost have to tell you, as impressive as they are. Online and looking at the picture, there's nothing. It does not do any justice to walking amongst those Um, and then getting into the tasting room. uh, It's just, it's just fantastic. It really, really is. It's 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 somewhat of a spectacle, and I mean that in a good way. Um, And uh, and it really is an inviting, and engaging uh, atmosphere to sip wine in, and a memorable one. I have to tell you, for myself, myself speaking. Um, I was there about two years ago, two three years almost three years ago, and uh, about two years ago, and it was just it was just great. So I, I urge you to go online, check it out. While, and a lot of people in, in my chat room tend to do that, so they'll they'll go and they'll take a look if they haven't already. Uh, and my listeners who are emailing me and as we speak, I'm seeing emails flying in here. Uh, have you know I'm sure they're going to be doing that. So I urge you to do that because um, this will answer a lot of the questions as to why someone's asking that question and how Steve's answering it. Um, so my question is, what do you see as the new trends, varietal wise, on the horizon? And I mean, for you—that could be for you, or that could be for just you know, in general.
1: I think it's going to be more of a uh, refining of what's what what is already there. I, I think we have well established varieties that perform really well in areas of, you know, here, I mean, Napa and Sonoma, Mendocino, you know, Northern California, uh, Oregon. And, you know, some of the emerging areas uh, are still, you know, experimenting with with varieties to find out what is the variety that it's going to give them their, you know, that is going to be their identity. Uh, Right. In our area, it's will be more of a fine tuning of what is the best variety for the site. So you know, just like if you see it over in the Sonoma Coast, where you have Pinot Noir, which you know, and and Chardonnay, do are make stunning wines in the Sonoma Coast. Uh, and you know, maybe not in the same vineyards, but uh, you know, in, and not speaking really generally. In in Napa, you know, we have a a reputation and now a tradition of Cabernet Sauvignon or Bordeaux varieties, and it's really finding you know putting the right variety in the right side. So I think that right. that's going to continue. Uh yep. there you certainly hear you know and, and uh, certainly taste you know a lot of other varieties and you know there's a lot of Tempranillo and all of the Spanish and Portuguese varieties. Uh, other white varieties and, and whatnot. There's a lot of interest, and there always will be. Yeah,
0: I, I believe so. I think that's. Uh, I think you're going to find, um, and this is just something that I've, I've been noticing and looking at in the uh, in the industry. I think you're going to find that the Malbec that was originally, you know, part of the Bordeaux blend is mm-hmm. now going to, you know, kind of step out a little bit. I think people are going to start to see that the, um, you know, that California can do it as well. Uh, as Argentina and Chile, and I think you know that that, that might be the next trend, if you
1: will. Um, well, just, just a thought, just one humble yeah, thing. Oddly enough, I, I have a little bit of experience with Malbec in South America, and uh, I think that, that that's a tremendous. You know, it's, this is no this is no news flash. There's. Just, Right. It, 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 those are tre- tremendous wines p- coming up right now, and and, um, and more to come. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and I think it's, I think it's a good thing that that happens. In all honesty, because like I said, um, you know, we, we've been we I say the U.S. and California uh, have been adding it to uh, and making it as part of blends, and and uh, and I think you know growing it. Well,
1: we, like, we, yeah. yeah, we we grow. We have a, we have a very nice. Uh, we have two acres of, of Malbec, and it's our spice. Uh, it's a real spice box for us. We use it uh, because it's a very lush, fruity wine with great color, and it's very soft. Uh, a lot of people would think of it as sort of a Merlot, you know, because everybody thinks Merlot is soft, but it really adds to our uh, our blends when we use it. Most definitely. So I have some
0: uh, Fast and Furious. I've got some, uh, some emails coming in here, and I want to make sure I get to some of them, as many as I can. Sure. From, let's see. Bjorn Vinn from Geneva, Switzerland. It says, okay. Stu, bravo on your shows. I have been listening in from the beginning and could not wait for this show to air. I have been to Dariush and love their wine. My question for Steve is, your minimal intervention winemaking technique have produced Beautiful wine. Economically speaking, moving forward, can they be maintained in this unstable world infrastructure and still offer your product at an affordable price? Thanks, and happy holidays to you both.
1: Wow, well, that's a... Well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eve <laughs> Yeah... Yeah, I know. Uh, our our winemaking, you know, yes, it is, I mean, is, it is. I was going to ask you a question. Does the process
0: cost anymore. As we say, does the process cost anymore because you have to do it? You're doing it in a, in a way that's a little bit more labor intensive.
1: Well, our costs are are labor intensive. Yes, they are. Right. Uh, but there, there's so many influence. There's so many aspects that influence you know what the final bottle price are, uh, and, and that's not a mm it's it's not gonna be a huge effect on on, on uh our outcome in the future. That's uh, kind of what
0: I thought too. Yeah and and, and I think, you know, it's not like you what the processes that you're doing have not been done before and you're no. pioneering. Right. No. So you're just doing something that that, that is more labor intensive, however the product that you get out of it is, is much more uh much uh, some more superior quality uh, as a result of that. So The next one is from Dave Gibraltar from Istanbul, Turkey. And it says, Stu, very enjoyable show. I have recently come by it through a friend's recommendation. I'd like to ask Mr. Devitt if he prefers the French old world winemaking to New World California when he approaches making wine. Thanks and cheers to you both.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I think you do a little bit of both, but I'll let you answer that.
1: Well, uh, you know, I, I, I I think that there's a, a fair amount of sharing worldwide uh, as as to current winemaking. I know that uh, I have quite a few friends in in Europe who I, you know, am in contact with and have uh, uh, talked with about winemaking, you know, specifically, you know, the nuts and bolts, the, the you know, the under the hood stuff, and uh, we're doing. You know, uh, a lot of this—we're all doing a lot of the same things. So, you know, winemaking has evolved, and what was you know, what's what's done in in uh, in Europe and done here and done in South America, or in you know other, you know Australia, we're we're all doing uh, the same uh, same winemaking in in many right. ways. Uh, now there's different approaches, you know. There's different amounts of technological applications and things, but you know, for the most part, we're all handling our wines similarly. Yeah, and, yeah,
0: and I, and I think it, I think it's come to that as far as it evolved over the course of time. Meaning that you know, you know, 25, 30 years ago, there was definitely a divided line as to how people did things. There was a old world and a new world, and 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 so forth. And now I think it's kind of more of the blend well grape
1: juice. not only is winemaking improved, but grape growing, and you know understanding where grapes are 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 how to grow grapes you know what's the optimum way in different areas uh and and just the attention to the, to viticulture has has really improved, you know not the, and to say the winemaking as well i mean the the way winemaking when I was younger. Was uh, you know uh, basically you'd put the grapes through you know quiz and art, Uh and, and, and uh, so the equipment has changed and 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 not just dramatically but night and day uh, you know the, the effects that the equipment has on on uh, the, gen, you know, the 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 general aspect and when I always kind of when people say that you know gentle is here. You take a grape and you put it through a machine and it's, it gets spun around. You know it's a, you know several thousand RPMs and it is to be you know hit against something. But yet it comes out whole on the other side. Uh, right. But you know just uh, every aspect of viticulture and and uh, winemaking. People have, have uh, learned and, and uh, there's just much more understanding about how to handle fruit and how to grow fruit. And yeah. you know things like, maturity. You know, uh, what is mature in Napa Valley? You know, this year, uh, which will be different, uh, slightly different next year. But you know, it's, it's vintage dependent. But what's you know truly physiologically mature here? To you know, is uh, t- took a took a while to uh, to uh, uh, understand that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. definitely. Right. So the next one is from Liu Four Five Four from Beijing, China. From it who? Says, Liu Four Five Four, okay, Beijing, China. And it says, "Stu, you are very entertaining, <laughs> and ha- you are very entertaining, and have a great wine sense. I have not tried Dariush wines before, but when I come to the States in February, I will. I wanted to know if Steve has traveled abroad and what he thinks of the wines he has tasted." In those countries he's been to. Thank you, gentlemen. That's Liu four five four from Beijing,
1: China. Well, I travel a little bit. You know, France, Italy, Argentina, Chile. Uh, okay. Great wines in all of those places. Mm-hmm. But you know, every wine every every wine producer comes to the United States, and so we get to try you know a lot of different wines from all over. And there's, just yeah, a exactly. lot of great wine. there's a lot of great wine being
0: made everywhere in the world. And, and, and I ask, I'm going to ask you this question uh, I have asked before, I should say. I, I Normally, almost every every show is unique in that I don't ask the same questions. There's one or two that I do ask, um, and I'm going to ask you the, that that one that I do ask everybody later on. But, however, this is one question I'm curious about, and I want to get your opinion on it. China, China being as large as it populous populist-wise, and the different regions, not unlike uh, the different regions here in the uh, United States or, and in Europe included, um, can be a wine-producing region. And my thought was, what are your thoughts on sending maybe sending someone over there, uh, let's say from Napa Valley or uh, to, to kind of give the learning curve a bit of a kick? And because they have the, the pure numbers of people, as consumers and they definitely have the the dollars to to buy wine um and they can they do consume it. So what is your thought on the, maybe China as a trend uh, you know a trending consumer and a trending producer of uh of wine.
1: Well, you have a a huge population and a, a large uh, you know an expanding middle class with more disposable income that's coming in and a uh, while not having a, a long tradition, I'll—I'm I'm sure somebody's going dis- to disagree with that. I'm sure the, there's quite a few people that you know wine, that have been appreciating wines for centuries. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they've been trading partners with Europe, you know, for quite a long time. So they've definitely had uh, you know French wines and whatnot. But just as as uh, an area that, that has potential. Uh, the first time I had talked with some colleagues about uh, China uh, was back in the late 1980s, early 90s, and a couple of them had gone over there to establish some vineyards. They do produce wine there. They have produced some white wines. Uh, they'll con- the, there's some large partnerships that are starting to come up with European companies, and uh you know i uh, the areas that they've that they have planted uh have the potential, so you know I'm certain that with their directiveness that they'll you know that they're gonna do something and you think they'll be a contender let's say 2025
0: or or, well, this, yeah, twenty I twenty five or twenty fifteen or i i think i
1: well you know, it's always difficult because new growing areas take time to figure out what grows and you know, how to how to work the sites, and right. you know that's just going to take some time, and we'll we'll see. Right. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think. it's I'm our I'm certain, that, I'm certain that they can do it. Yeah, it's funny. You should ask. It was one of the. I got a communique from one of the barrel suppliers and they were they put that in their newsletter that it was one of their big customers this last year was uh in china so yeah and there, i there think, think it's go. growing
0: and that's why i was saying i it think is it, growing. it's something that we that we should be looking at in the sense that look yeah. you know um obviously there's a certain amount of um trade and dollars that uh that they provide us at this moment and uh I think if we if we're smart about it, and this is just again one man's opinion, if we're smart about it and we go there and we set somebody up to um, help out in in creating those um, regions appellations uh, for wine, setting them out, mapping them out, if you will, um, it only works to our advantage because down the road uh, this is a, it becomes a commodity that we can you know we can use. Uh, yeah. I think b- going both ways. So, sounds know, just like a,
1: just you. So, sounds like we need an exploratory uh, uh, trip over there.
0: I think you're right. All right, so I'm I'm getting the okay. tickets.
1: Okay.
0: All right, Steve. Next next question is from Raven the Wine Maven. Love these names. From New Raven York City, the New Maven?
1: York. Raven, Raven the, the Wine Maven.
0: Maven from New York City, New York, and it says, Stu, great show. And this is my first time emailing you to tell you that. I've listened since the summer." Uh please ask Steve if he thinks that twenty eleven will be a good vintage since odd number years seem to be with California. Thanks. And Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you both.
1: Good <laughs> well let's see I gotta warm up the Ouija board here. <laughs> Get out the right. crystal ball. It's a little too exactly. early to tell seeing how we just finished with uh
0: we August, entered, yeah.
1: Well, yesterday was the first day of winter, and all of the vines have gone, are, do, are in dormancy and haven't grown. So, uh, it, it uh, ask me let, let let's let's talk about it next November. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You, maybe, you
0: need that time. You. So, Raven, we need some time. So, you'll have to call me in the next November show. And uh, and I'll have an answer for you for that one. Uh, let's see. So let me go back to my questions here. So knowing everything you know about wine, how do you feel about the education of wine? How has it changed versus when you went to school for it? How's wine education?
1: That's a good question. You no,
0: know, because I, I guess because the advent of the internet the advent of, of, of well there's yeah you know, there's just marketing is, and all that you know the marketing how how you have to approach it i guess that's just a you know one thought that i had it's
1: it yeah it it's less it, it it's been demystified uh it's become yeah. much more uh part of everyday life although this is still something to to advance uh you know virtually everywhere there's there's a group you know like in most most cities most college, you know junior colleges, colleges have wine tastings, have uh, wine appreciation. Uh, all right. of these things have come up in the last 20 years, and will just continue. And you know the, the wine industry has uh, grown so much in the last 20, 30 years. So it oh, is yeah. it's just changed because it's much more available, and people are much more interested in it. Uh, And I think that and I that's going to continue.
0: Even and, and I was talking about the millennials at one point. You know, even the millennials are now starting to get involved and thinking about it and, you know, considering it as a major you know, viticulture and viniculture and enology, uh as studies. Um, so, you know, you, you have a next wave. And who's to say where it could go? That's the amazing thing for me. And that brings me to a question. What would you tell a prospective winemaker? Is the key thing that you need to know or possess to be a good winemaker? A,
1: a, a, a good taste, a good sense of taste and smell, okay. uh, and willing, and the ability to, to listen and learn, and to not be discouraged.
0: Words of wisdom, good words. Stage wisdom. It's true. And, you know, the thing is, you know, I, I, it kind of makes me think right the that. I mean, all you guys out there that are thinking guys and ladies, that are thinking of becoming winemakers and studying that, uh, if you're smoking cigarettes or cigars, you may want to quit now because not going to help you with either of those senses, smell or taste. probably going to, you know, dull those tremendously. So um, if you're serious about
1: it, I don't know how you feel about it, Steve, but... Well, I don't smoke, so I, I agree with right. you there. But but I I, I did <laughs> uh, uh w- <laughs> have the have the the uh, experience of working around Andre Chelichev a long time ago, and uh, and he uh, he smoked, he liked to smoke, and uh, I, I was sampling grapes. Uh, at this vineyard I was working at, we were selling him some grapes, and uh, he was easy to find because of the cigarette smoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great.
0: <It's> like <laughs> the Indians. Easy to find <laughs> <the> Indians. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Smoke signals <laughs> going. Um, so, I, what have been some of the greatest challenges for you in the winemaking process?
1: What are the greatest challenges?
0: Yeah. What have been some of the greatest challenges? Hey, they well, could be the ones now or
1: they could be in the past or oh there's you know there's every every day presents its challenges uh mm-hmm. in anything that you do and that, that also makes that makes everything so exciting so as far as what in winemaking uh i think these are some very exciting times uh you know with the shrinking world that that it makes makes things interesting. Uh I agree. Amazing. Uh, I, I the, you know us personally out here in California we just uh, finished a a I th- I think it a challenging uh uh vintage uh with ex- you know one that's characterized by some some extremes. Uh you know virtually you know for the north coast no summer uh right everybody agrees you know that that's tough and then some really you know some pretty pretty uh intense heat right before uh, harvest which made made it uh, made things so difficult uh and then we had uh, you know a fair amount of rain towards the end of harvest so all of those things are, are are challenges to deal with and you know whenever you're dealing with you know uh, grape growing or any any crop in in farming, you know, the, you do have to uh, 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 you're you're at the uh, at, at Mother Nature's mercy. So you are, well, definitely. So Even makes you know, it I challenging, yeah, I was going to con- say, and
0: and you got to learn. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I think the key thing is that if you don't learn from the challenges, uh, you you lose ground, um, and you know and i I think you i think i think you you tend to just stay in that one rut uh I think it's like that with everything in, in life you know if you don't learn from whatever it is that you the experiences the the bad experiences as well as the good experiences um you know that you just you're doomed to repeat unfortunately the bad ones so um i guess yeah you know, the question I was going to ask you is uh you have this is the question I ask everybody this is the one question that has become a traditional question for everyone. You, you can have any wine you want, Steve, let's just say. We're, we're, we're saying hypothetically, or maybe you can. Maybe literally you can. You can have any wine you want. Uh, is there a wine that you've tried before that just knocked your socks off? You said, man, this was probably for the experience, for the moment, for wherever I was, whoever I was with, uh, for whatever day or time it was of the day, this was probably one of the best wines. I think this really knocked my socks off. Or, conversely, You can either give me both of these or one of them. Is there a wine that you're seeking out that you say, you know what, I've heard about this wine, and I've never tried it, but I'm dying to try this wine because I've heard so many great things about it. And if I can get my hands on it, you know, that's the wine. So,
1: (laughs) You know, that is a really tough question because I've tasted so many great wines. Uh, And... It would. uh, I I think as much as a a great wine, it's the great folks or people that you're with that that help really make it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if I could have any great wine with a group of folks that I've I've been with and that I know now, I think that that would be. As as good as it gets that way. Yeah. Okay, but is yeah. there a specific wine? I mean, is there something you can think back on? And you say,
0: you know, when when they just like at least stuck out in your mind? And you say, you know what? You know, whatever the situation was at the time, this is a great wine. I this really knocked my socks off. Mm-hmm. It could be early on in your career. It could be you know. It could, it could be yesterday. Uh, you know, or like I said, conversely. It, maybe it's not that. Maybe there's a wine that you are specifically thinking about, you know, like you've heard about a Lafitte uh, or one you know, just one that you said, you know, I would love to try. I've never had it before, but you know, I love I like to try it. Well, you know, it doesn't make a difference what from what time frame it comes from. Uh,
1: you know wine that I have not that that I have not tasted. Uh there's a, there's there's so many of those, uh, I can think of uh, so many. What? I, 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 some of the wines of legend, you know, I would like to taste, so, like oh, uh, well, like forty nine Latour. Okay, sure. Or, how's there you that? Go. No, that's great because I, I, I mean, I've heard
0: I, I tell you, it's run the spectrum from uh, you know single um, nook to like a 68 inglenook nook to uh, yeah. you know 82 feet, which everybody just talks about an 82 Lafitte mm. constantly, uh, you know, to someone had mentioned like a, a 95 Krug Champagne, you know, uh, yeah, you know, it just, it's just it's I mean, literally run the spectrum, so. And, I, and I'm always fascinated by, you know, winemakers as to what they either – the one that they never tried or the one that they had and said, you know, this one really knocked my socks off. I had it one time back when I was, you know, 20. And, you know, now it doesn't exist anymore because, you know, X amount of years old and you can't find them. But it was one of those ones that really stuck out in my mind. So, you know, I, I'm always curious. That's why I always ask that one question of uh, every winemaker. And I love hearing the answers. So since this is a holiday – what will you be drinking for the coming holiday?
1: Everybody wants what? to know that. Well, <laughs> hmm. uh, there's quite a few that that might come up. Um, and I'll just say maybe all of them will be Darius and maybe they won't. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I mean, you know, is there any particular varietals? I mean,
0: I, I know, I know, you know, I tend to do with turkey or ham. I'm going to do some probably some Pinot Noir,
1: maybe some Riefling. You know,
0: uh, it's just me. Um, I have a cu- I have
1: a couple I have a couple of Pinot Noirs that I've had. I have uh, a couple of of Dujacs that that Burgundies that I've I've been saving. I. I uh, I, and I have. Uh, the, those those have sort of been they, – they, they've been talking to me as I walk by them. And, and so, you it, know, my wife talks to me, too. <laughs> so I, I, yeah. so those, those those might be uh, – uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it might be time for those, especially the, the, okay. the, the do-jacks. Uh,
0: and then the new year, uh, are you going to pop some – any particular bubbly or you uh, –
1: I was just given a bottle of Krug, so a Krug, a Krug, and oh, nice. but I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, you always want to like a, week, a real decision. That, that's, that's still a week away, yeah. so it's got to get through Christmas first, right? And then make a decision after that. So, what about you? So, what, are you what what what
0: what are you gonna have? I, you know what. I was thinking about it. I'm um, actually looking at some of my collection right now. Um, I'm probably going to do, um, most likely, maybe, I believe it or not, a, a Passing Hall Pinot Noir. Uh-huh. And then um, I'm probably going to do, uh, a, a, you know, I'm also bringing, because I'm going to, uh, my my uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-laws uh, and joining my family there. So I'm probably going to do, like, I, I'm going to probably bring a Paxon Hall and a Pinot Noir, and I'm also going to bring probably um, maybe a Sauvignon Blanc. I'm thinking maybe a, uh, a Honig Sauvignon nice. Blanc. Nice, And, yeah, and then I'm thinking, I, I don't know about the bubbly, you know, and I and I almost, New Year's Eve, I don't know. I'm probably going to leave it up to, uh, you know, we're going to go relax with uh, some friends. So I'm going to let, let them do that, you know, let them choose whatever it is, you know. But yeah, that's that's uh, kind of what I'm thinking. And then I guess here's another question, kind of kind of dovetails into. So when you're not working, what do you like to do to relax, or what are your
1: hobbies? Oh, I've got a few. You're not um, making a um, wine. Yeah, other than wine, uh, kayaking. Uh, I nice. uh, downhill so skiing. A lot of places to do it in California. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. You bet. Uh, uh, something I haven't done For a couple of years Of course we haven't had any se- we, they, they, they haven't had a season But I like to fish I uh, so, come down here Florida <laughs> <laughs> you I, Well I've been down there Yeah I've been down there Okay So, so uh, What else uh, and I, I Noodle around on the guitar A little bit right. Oh so, nice a little there's, bit of musician, there, huh? uh, uh, in In my dreams.
0: <laughs> well, everybody is to some degree, you know, when you pick up the guitar a bit, you know.
1: That's I imagine
0: right. you've been doing it probably for a while, so you've got a little bit of, uh, you know,
1: of uh, knowledge under your belt. <laughs> um I'm sure just just, about, just. just enough to make the fingers sore. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Well
0: then, then you're playing it right. That's what they say. The thing is yeah. sore, You're playing it right. That's right. Um, so, Steve, are, are there any Dariush winery events or news about your your wines you you want to impart? We had a couple. got about a four minutes left. Five minutes left. Somewhere around there. Yeah.
1: Okay. We do. Uh, I, I would direct anybody to our our website, uh, and cool. I would uh, I would encourage them to get on our our mailing list because all of our events are uh notified both by email and by regular mail too. Uh right. and we do have some we do have a few coming up. We have a an event that coincides with the uh Fiesta del Sol in oh, sure. in July. And we do that every year. Uh and then there's other events throughout the year. Okay. But we don't do a we don't do a lot of events. Uh right. but we do a few.
0: Well, I'm gonna tell everybody. Go to ww.dariush, D-A-R-O-I-O-U-S-H dot com. Check out their wines and the info there. I, I, I want to thank you, Steve, for coming on here. Uh, I it's been a, a blast. I really enjoy it. You, you know, uh you're you're a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh what you do and uh it's great the way you know being able to ask the questions and, and, and get across really in part what Dariush is about, the mission that they're really all about. And um I you know I'm I'm definitely gonna have to have you on again because there's a lot more questions, a lot more things that I want to ask personally as well as uh, you know, their emails and stuff. So uh thanks. I appreciate it and um I I hope you have a a great holiday, a good new year. I hope it's prosperous for Dariush and it's a healthy one for your family and yourself. And uh come back and join me again.
1: Oh, you bet. Well thanks Stu. Thanks for having me on. And uh thanks to everybody out there and uh, have a a, a safe and a happy uh, holiday season. Uh, and, you know, everybody uh, in, enjoy enjoy the, the, the holiday and uh, right. have a good New Year. Thanks. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. You have Have a great evening. Okay. Take thank you. Steve. All right.
0: Bye-bye. So that was Steve from Dariush, Steve Devitt. Well, that's the show for tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened in who emailed and tweeted their questions. I want to especially thank Steve Devitt for coming on and telling us about his amazing wines and Dariush. Go to www.dariush.com. Check out their wines and all the info there. As always, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at You can also go to my website at www.StuTheWineGuru.com and click on the link for all of my wine articles, my videos, and listen to archived wine talk shows. In fact, this will be available... Uh, by tomorrow. So you can click on Steve's picture and listen to the show if you missed it. As always, I say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Sue the Wine Group. Drink up, good wine, and of course,
1: good night. And now...